0: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. It's easy to feel like the world is falling apart right now for a number of reasons. And it's easy to believe we're more divided than we are united. But there are people out there every day helping one another, even putting their lives on the line for complete strangers. Now, for more than a century, the Carnegie Hero Fund has recognized people throughout the U.S. and Canada who've risked their lives to save others. The Pittsburgh-based commission recently named 16 recipients of the Carnegie Medal the highest honor in north america for civilian heroism now tony rivera of suburban bowling brook is one of them we sat down with him to talk about how he saved his neighbor from what could have been a deadly attack last spring
1: it was uh, kind of crazy i was actually on a video conference with our family therapist i had just gotten over a divorce and and my kids and i were going through therapy and with covid we were at home and so we were doing a video call and um, my daughter, her senior year, she spent at home. So she was listening out her window. It was a gorgeous day out. And uh, she runs out. And I'm like, okay, you know, what's happened? One of her friends is doing something goofy outside because she just ran out screaming. I, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, And then she comes back and is like, dad, dad, the neighbor next door is getting attacked. Please call 911, call 911, come outside. And she runs back out with my son ahead of me. And so I go out and I hear her screaming, get off of them, get off of them, get off of them. And so as I'm coming outside, we had cars parked in the driveway and my two kids, Angelina and TJ, were there. And as I looked over them, I saw the son stabbing my neighbor. And uh, as I saw uh, the young man reach over and and stab his dad in the the ear on the side of the face – uh, when he went across there, I saw his arm was in a position that I can go. And so I jumped in and, and I grabbed his arm. I um, wow. I uh, disarmed him. I took the knife out. Like I pushed his arm, uh, wrist and arm down so he let go of the knife. And then I picked him up and I threw him on the side of the dad and, and, and held him while my daughter um, administered first aid.
0: So the fact that there was a knife present, that didn't deter you at all?
1: I didn't even think about it. Like I, I just saw someone in danger, and I I wasn't just going to stand there and watch someone get stabbed. And there was blood already all over. He had been stabbed over, I think total was twenty one times uh, that he was stabbed. And this was the son stabbing, stabbing the his head. father. Yeah, and and and, and you know it, it's it's a really tragic thing. So I didn't know my neighbor before then, right? We we kind of waved at each other, said hi. Really? Uh, yeah, I'm kind of one of those. Uh, you know, uh, kind of secluded people, private. You know, I'd, I'd like to say hi. I'm, you know, smiling and wave. But I don't like to get into people's business. So I'm one of those neighbors that just kinds of my own. And he's the same way, right? He was kind of always like the grumpy guy. And then the neighbor on the other side of me, too. So even when the police arrived, they're like, OK, who is this? And I'm like, I have no idea. Like, I didn't even you know You didn't his know name. his name? I didn't know his name.
0: Wow. Now, now did the son put up a fight when you tried to get the knife?
1: Well, he was really attacking the dad okay right and so my daughter distracted him enough in in order for him because he was looking at her and he spat at her and and she was at this, at a distance when when i saw that and uh, you know i thought he was smaller at that point in time i'm a big guy i'm like six three and you know pretty built guy yeah and i thought he was a little guy and then when they told me like oh he's like six one two something i'm like i didn't even realize that but uh it wasn't even thinking. It just, it was just pure. You just sprung into action. Yeah. It's just, it was purely reactive. I, you know, and it was weird um, when I was talking to Carnegie people and they're like, you know, most people that do these things just react, right? They don't think about it, right? It, either if you think about it, you're not going to, you're not going to do that. But at the end of the day, you know, and, and I say this honestly, like I, 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 I disarmed him I'm that, but, The true heroes here are my daughter, Angelina, and and my kids. I mean, she heard his cries, and she went and confronted this grown man by herself, and she administered all the first aid. So she was holding the towels and and that, and where he was bleeding, until first aid came, which seemed like forever, right? I don't even know how long it was, but we were—had our— Tab in our thoughts, his name was Tab Martin, my neighbor.
0: How how badly hurt was he?
1: He died twice on the operating table. He he lost, my goodness. Uh, he said over 20 pints of blood during that time. He had a bunch of surgeries. I think he had 15 surgeries. And then the other thing, uh, you know, he lost a, a finger in the incident uh, with, with it. So he was hurt pretty bad. And uh, he came back, and then he he said he was talking to detectives. And I remember the first day he got back from the hospital, he came over. He was uh, in pretty bad shape still. And we were so happy because it, it took me like a week just to try and find his wife's information so I can contact her.
0: You talked about this attack, right, of the son to the father. You mentioned him spitting toward your daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, we know he had a knife. You also have mentioned that he'd been struggling with with mental health issues.
1: Yeah. When he came over and talked to me, the the dad, he's like, you know, I want to thank you guys, all of you for saving my life, but you also saved my son. Because the detectives told him if they would have showed up before I disarmed them, they would have shot his son. And the son was recently diagnosed with schizophrenia. He wasn't well enough to stand trial. So it was really a mental health issue that happened. And, and a lot of uh, people don't don't realize, and, and, you know, he was really struggling with COVID. He was already a, a very reclusive young man. Yeah. And it just exacerbated it, you know.
0: So you're, you're saying you've talked to the son? Since I talked the since?
1: to the dad. The dad was telling me this. Right you've now. talked to him yeah. since. I've How's he doing him? now? He's doing well. He's doing well. So, you know, we talk now and, and he was funny. He's like, you know, not only did you save my life uh, physically, but also mentally. He's like, I used to be this grumpy guy he's like now i'm just happy i'm living my life i wave at people i smile all the time he's like my demeanor has completely changed
0: wow what it, an impact this has had
1: yeah it it has and and he's still struggling with um forgiving his son but he's working on that every day because he understands that you know, it wasn't out of malice. Like, you know, the son, when he understands what he's saying, he's distraught about what happened. So yeah. it, it was just a, a completely sad situation every way you look at it, right? And for me, the saving grace was that he survived. And I look at the impact it would have had on my children. And like I said, I'm more proud of him than Anybody could be of their kids, right? They stepped in to the aid of someone in need, and that was as proud of a moment as any parent could have for their children to, yeah. to be so brave.
0: Well, your actions, Tony, they're now you know being honored with the Carnegie Medal for stepping in there and taking that lead from your kids yeah. and, and diffusing the situation. How do you feel about that?
1: I'm very humbled by it and like I said I I don't feel like I deserve it any more than my two kids and then another neighbor Cheryl who showed up and and she she helped my daughter with TAB. They deserve it all. I actually, you know, kind of felt bad that I got it, but um I went out and and I actually did a little bit of research and I found uh there was an old uh, Talmud saying that if you save a life, you save the world. And I bought necklaces for both of my kids oh, nice. uh, that that say that because I want them to, you know, understand that they really impacted much more than just the life of one person. Right? Instead of witnessing a murder, they saved a life, which will yeah. stay with you your whole life. It, it went from a very negative situation to now we can look at it as positive as we can.
0: I would love to know more about you, yeah. Tony. You know that because that can get lost in the conversation. Who are you? I know you worked in the nonprofit space for decades, and and, yeah. uh, and now you're a diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant. Yeah, I right? do
1: uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion um, with Audrey George Consulting, and we go out and and help companies with leadership training as well as understand how to maximize their communities. I'm also on the board of um, a software company that's in sustainability. So really, my career had focused around corporate America, corporate life up until like five years ago. And uh, I left corporate America because I wanted to make a positive impact in people's lives in a different way. And so I started working on several projects that either helped poverty, sustainability, or um, education.
0: That's great. You know, I remember you starting out by saying, you know, I normally mind my business, right? And and so do my neighbors to my left and, and to my right. But- in the future, Tony, do you think you would do this again?
1: Absolutely, because it's instinctual, uh, more than than it is anything else. I've uh, helped people out in in situations like this before, not as dire, but but I have. There's no doubt in my mind and I try and be a servant leader, right? Uh, and and so the greatest thing that you can do is to help others and I've always put everybody in front of me. Where did that spirit come
0: from within you?
1: I owe it a lot to my alopecia. And so I had alopecia since I was young. And uh, I was also an immigrant, so I came from Mexico. I was six years old, living in the um, Lakeview and Ravenswood Manor uh, neighborhoods here in Chicago. I didn't speak English. I had alopecia, and and back then people were not really aware of what alopecia was. I was just a weird kid with patches of hair uh, on there. And so it it made me kind of tough in in that, but also it gave me compassion for other kids that got picked on and bullied. I would always, you know, protect them or or try and stand up for them. Mm -hmm. And so, and I never shied away from, you know, a fight, (laughs) you know, when I was a kid, because it was was like that's the only defense mechanism I had.
0: Yeah. I also hear that you already have in mind who you would like to present this uh, this award to you?
1: Yeah, I do. Um, there's an organization that's very dear to me. That's uh, Rebecca Dar from the WINGS organization. And WINGS is, is just an amazing organization that helps victims of domestic abuse. And they're the first ones in the state of Illinois that uh, looks at domestic abuse as a whole. So not just women, right? But they also help men that are in that situation. Mm-hmm. And This particular instance, you know, I asked Rebecca if she would present it to me because this is domestic abuse as well, right? It's within the home. And even Tab said, you know, he didn't know how to deal with his son's illness. So he was harder on his son wanting him to do more, telling him, hey, you can't just lay around here and I can't just live with me forever. And so he didn't know that his son was schizophrenic at that time or or had these— larger mental health issues. Uh And so it it stemmed from there. So I thought it was fitting that Rebecca, uh, with the years of work that she's done with WINGS, present this award for
0: me. Now, it's been more than a year Mm -hmm. since that that traumatic day, you know, where you ended up helping save your neighbor's lives. I'll say lives. What is life like for you right now?
1: Well, you know, um, I am in the process of uh, trying to uh, figure out what my next steps are going to be really, you know, back if you would ask me when I was 28, I thought I was, you know, I owned my own business. I thought I was one of the most successful people out there. And uh, now I look back and I'm like, I did not like that person I was back then very much. And so now it's more about finding out who I am and living my life with purpose, because I think I have a lot of a lot to offer people as far as my knowledge, uh, my work say ethic so too. and stuff like that. And um, I have a firm belief that you're where you need to be always. And and yeah. there's, there's that uh, higher power that calls you to do certain things. And I've never been afraid. So
0: I love that. Yeah. You're a good man, Tony. Oh. That is Carnegie Hero Award winner, Tony Rivera from Bolingbrook, Illinois. Thank you, Tony.